Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey everybody and good morning for us. We decided to do this in the morning today because we were all living be died last night. Um, but uh, we are here to give you a wrap-up of day 11 of the Australian Open. Wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. What a couple of matches we had yesterday. Um, certainly there was one or two that were really great and ones that were a little bit shocking. So I want to kind of start with the shocking one first, Petko. I know we start with the one of the first one of the day, but I, I have to talk about last night's match with Alcaraz and Zverev. What the freaking hell <laughs> was Alcaraz's game plan last night? Yeah, he was just so bad. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say, but yes, uh, we watched it together and we were yelling at the TV a lot. And not necessarily because Verev was playing a great match and Alcaraz was not playing well. It was the game plan, right? Yeah. Because you sometimes as a tennis player, you can't quite control how well you are going to play. You just have off days. You have days where your feet are not working, where you don't see the ball as clearly. And th these are all things that you can somewhat control. And that's what we do in training and preparation and how we eat and when we sleep and all these things. But there are just days that are a little bit off. But that doesn't matter because the game plan, you can always somewhat control. And he was going with every serve, with every backhand, with every sitter into... Zasha's backhand, who we all know, and I think even people who don't play tennis and follow tennis know that Zverev has a way better backhand and a much worse forehand. And so just game plan wise, it was mesmerizing. Um, Jim Correa, who was calling the match, had a great uh, analysis, like always, he's so good. But he kept saying he just seems flustered mentally. He can't seem to think clearly. And despite him turning the, the third set around, I said, I don't think he's going to win today. He just looks completely off. And Zverev will, you know, Zasha, he choked. Yes, he choked. He got tight, but he won't do it again. You know, if you give him the opportunity to come back, he won't do it twice. He won't do it three times. And um, and he didn't. He served it out and he played well. Well, he didn't get the chance to choke it and do what he did in the third set because he didn't have to hit forehands under pressure. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that just was just, we were so bemused watching it. I'm like... Does this guy know that Sasha's backhand is literally one of the best ever? Yeah. Like he doesn't ever. miss his backhand. He can hit it anywhere. He can go line, go cross court. 
he can put power through it, which is sometimes what gives Carlos some problems is the ball coming right hard through the court. Mm. But with the forehand, with Zverev, it's always going to be with topspin. It may he can. I'm not saying that he can't hit a good forehand, but the likelihood of him missing backhands and not being as aggressive with the with the the backhand is not going to happen. He's going to continue to hit his backhand, whereas forehand, you can see his mind is like ticking over. Oh my god, do I go cross? Do I play safe? He was shanking, and when he lost the game serving for it, he didn't serve a great game, but he also was missing forehand. So I don't understand why Alcaraz, who there's no question was flustered and was like complaining in the first couple of sets, which he never does, why he didn't see, oh, I got back into the set because I I played the guy's forehand, Mm. came into the net a little bit, and all of a sudden I'm into the fourth set. I don't understand why he didn't stick with that game plan. That that was the most... Shocking, probably, of the whole thing, because as I said, uh, Sasha was playing a great match. And um, I have to say one thing that jumped at me yesterday. I do think Carlos has still one thing that he needs to improve, because we see these players like Zverev who bother him, Novak who bother him. He doesn't really have a flat inside in forehand. He can flatten it out inside out. But he doesn't really, he always plays it with a bit of loop and spin, the ball that like jumps and moves out the court, which is great against most of the guys out there. But against Zverev and Novak, who move so well and who have the type of forehand, who need a little time to get under it, that like that moving ball. It and bounces just, like, up into, especially exactly. Zverev's forehand. because it, And he can still somehow put it back and yeah. get back into the point. And that's one thing he needs to work on, I think is to learn how to flatten it. And that's why he was playing all these terrible drop shots because he could feel that he can't, the inside out, the flat one is not working because Zverev has the best backhand that ever crossed this earth, maybe. And the forehand inside in, he's not making winners because Zverev gets underneath it and he's really, really fast. For such a tall guy, Zverev is an incredible mover. And he gets underneath it and he doesn't have the flat inside in. And I kept yelling at him, do Anna Ivanovic, do Anna yeah. Ivanovic, because she had the best inside-in flat forehand. Yeah. And I'm not expecting him to hit the ball as flat as Anna Ivanovic did. But Anna had this inside-in forehand uh, that could put anybody on the back foot, and it was so hard to control. And he just needs something in between Carlos Alcaraz and Anna Ivanovic, <laughs> I think. <laughs> if he wants to, to beat the Novaks and Zverevs on a regular basis, he can beat them, but he needs to play really well. We saw it with Zverev a few times now. He's 3-5 now in the head-to-heads. And when he has beaten Zverev, either Zverev had a really tough five-setter, at, like at the U.S. Open, when he played five sets against Yannick Sinner, or he had a schedule issue in Madrid when he played until 3 a.m. So he was always like kind of tired, and Carlos had to play really well. So clearly the matchup is not working for him, and he needs to figure something out if he wants to beat him on a regular basis in the future. Yeah, it's um, it was just crazy. I, I, I honestly, I thought when he won the third set, he was going to win. And Sasha was struggling with, uh, it looked like blisters on his right foot because he was, uh, you know, he ran up for one drop shot in the middle part of the fourth set, and he grimaced. Mm. Like, and, he, and he wasn't sliding. At all. He ran <clears throat> through the ball. And when you run run through the ball, it's either because you you don't you don't want to put pressure on your you know whatever problem you have, whether it be your ankle or your you know toes or your knees or whatever it is, you just sort of like keep running. And he was doing that, so I'm like, dude, like your your dude down the other end is like starting to physically struggle a little bit, and here you are playing his best shot. Like I was just blown away how frankly dumb, dumb Carlos was last night. You know, and 
I, I don't know. I still put it a little bit down his youth where he's sort of like not really thinking clearly. I don't know if Carlos, if uh, Juan Carlos Ferreira would have been there just screaming shit at him because Carlos, uh, Juan Carlos is so like vocal with him. Mm. I just wonder if he needed like literally someone to be like, dude, remember what side's really good on his <laughs> and not play it. It was the same as yeah. like a couple of matches over the last few days that we've watched, whether it be Marta Kostyuk playing it to, you know, Coco's backhand under pressure, whether it be various different players. And you're just like, why can you not understand stick with the weaker shot mm. until they stop beating you with it? Like, and that's exactly what Jim said yesterday. And he said it about the serve, but I think it's a, it's applicable to, or applicable to anything. He said, so Zverev on the ad side loves the, down the tee serve, serve and everyone knows it and there are stats about it and I think uh, literally everybody knows that if you play Sasha Zverev that he likes the on the ad side the tee serve with a little bit of slice and so when Carlos had a break point and he had a break point early in the second set it happened a and couple who times. knows how the match goes if he wins the second set because he was down one six yep. three six it, they had only played an hour and that's when you panic, right? When you are down two sets and you've only played an hour, you haven't found your rhythm, you haven't found your footwork, and all of a sudden you're already down two sets. And he had an early break point. And Jim said before the serve was hit, you have to close down the tee, have him beat you with his weaker side. Yeah. And Carlos didn't. Zverev aced him down the tee, and then he won the set 6-3. Yeah. And it just shows you the loss of clarity he yeah. had yesterday, just not seeing clearly, and I think Jim said it, uh, this is the first time we see some kind of junior Carlos Alcaraz. We think yeah. of him as so maturely because he's so talented. And and so good. I mean, it's a guy who's yeah. won two Grand Slams already at his age. It's pretty spectacular. But, <clears throat> yeah, yesterday was a... Was not a confusion. good... Confusion. Yes. Yesterday was, was a confusion. Was not a good tactical... <clears throat> um, not a good tactical approach this to the match. This guy, Zverev... What the fuck? I mean, he's got all this shit going on in his life. You know, in May, he's supposed to be in court. He's like, you know, contesting this fine, this fee that he has to pay. I mean, there's a lot going on in his in his after off the court life. And he just keeps winning and tournaments keep promoting him. And it's just like, what the hell? I mean, wow. Well, one uh, sports psychologist said something really interesting yeah, to me one good. time. Um, I was struggling with something private too, and I couldn't win any matches. And I was just um, under so much duress and pressure and just couldn't separate it basically. And he said to me, there are two types of people, especially athletes. There are some who bring their private problems with them on court and they just can't find the clarity and focus to perform on, the, on their best. You. Me, for example. <laughs> and there are other athletes yeah who feel the safest on the <clears throat> tennis court or on the football pitch or on the soccer pitch, whatever you may call it, where they this is the one place they can escape their private problems, right? And that's why they perform the best. And when the first allegations came up against Sasha Zverev, he won two tournaments. And now he's playing incredible again. He played really well at United Cup. And maybe this is what he, it feels like to him, like a safe space. And that's why, And he played a great match. And I have to say one thing about him. That guy is really pain resilient. He is a tough motherfucker, really. Like, you can say that's a the, lot I, of... I think that's the Russian in him. Uh, probably. It's certainly not the German. <laughs> well, that's my point. I didn't want to say that in front of you. But you've also got, you know, Serbian parents. So 
you have a little tough motherfucker in you as well because I think that's also part of your DNA. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with uh, Sabalenka, who's Belarusian, <clears throat> obviously, but we saw it with Sabalenka in a different manner. And Zverev had the yips too, and he just went about his business. Mm. He just continued, and everyone was making fun of him and laughing at him. And, and some he people just... would have broken down, like Sabalenka yeah. and Zverev, but you just think that's that dogged like determination and just his upbringing and whatever. But uh, anyway, um, so anyway... That was a huge upset in some respects, but in some respects it wasn't because of the head-to-head and yep. just the way that Sasha and plays. And we both are a strong believer in head-to-heads. We keep bringing I, up. There is a reason players put you... When when you see a head-to-head like that, you can tell that this particular player puts Carlos in uncomfortable positions. Yep. And then it's our job <clears> as an analyst to look at the match and see why. And yesterday I saw a thing with this forehand inside out that I thought was one inside of the in. reasons. Inside in, sorry. That was one of the reasons. There are many other reasons because of the backhand flat, the flat shot from Zasha and many other reasons. But, and a, a uh, great serve. He keeps him, uh, you know, he's in control of the service points from the beginning. He serves a lot, you know, to the forehand, um, which normally, you know, you get in trouble with Carlos because he has such a great forehand, but his serve goes away from his forehand. It really slides away. And so with his grip and... <clears throat> and he's not the tallest, um, yeah. Carlos, and so it's like moving away from him. On the other hand, he's going to have to serve really well in the next match because Daniil Medvedev, what a freaking match that was. Mm. Oh, my God. Has Hubi Herkoc played more matches that go the <laughs> distance, whether it be three sets or five sets? I, feel I was just surprised they didn't play more tie breaks. It was just one tie yeah. break. I feel like Hubi normally it was plays hot. At, least, at least seven tie breaks. I think one, it was so hot yesterday that they were getting a bit flustered. And particularly Daniil Medvedev said that after the second set, he was dead. Mm. dead. And it was it was quite hot when they were playing. Um, so I think it was just a matter of, oh, shit, like how much do I want to fight mm. to get back into this set? So when it went to the fifth, it was just, and it was really incredible tennis. And Daniil Medvedev pulled out some... Just crazy shit at the end to win that yeah. match. And I loved his, what the hell was that uh, drop shot on match point? I was like, we're all in the green room. Like, go, go to the net. Like, go to the net. He's like, no, he's like runs into the net and he decides to hit a drop shot off the <laughs> forehand. And he even said it in the post-match interview to Jim. He's like, hey, you like my drop shot on match point? I mean, the guy, is, like, the guy is such a character. It's unbelievable. But um, but what what do you think? I, I want to talk about the matchup a little bit with Medvedev and Zverev. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, it's really interesting. They <clears throat> seem to be running into each other every single tournament. It feels like every single tournament mm-hmm. they are playing each other. And so far, Medvedev is winning those matches, but they are always really close. They are 6-4 in the third, 7-5 in the third, and they are ugly at times. They're not all of them, but the Indian Wilds match was ugly. The Monte Carlo match was ugly. The Cincinnati match was terrible, absolutely atrocious. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think they both don't like playing each other, you know, in a sense. And it will be really interesting to see whether Medvedev will be affected by the Netflix portrayal of him, where oh, yeah. Netflix <clears throat> kind of portrayed him as the villain and who and like, Zverev had to overcome to get this to his comeback or or something. I haven't I, seen it. It's just what I've I I've heard as well. I haven't seen it either. But uh, it, how can you make anyone out to be the villain other than Zverev like what is your problem Netflix are you kidding me the guy's up for like oh my god anyway we won't get into that I know you probably want us all to get into that give us the juice Stubbsy but um I think the fact that they made Medvedev out to be the villain in that situation is just hilarious 
well and that we will see i don't think he t thinks about these things uh that much but no. still he might he might have an extra motivation to try and win this i think medvedev looked brilliant at times i do think he looked a little bit patchy and what i mean by that that well yeah he had always had sets where he played really <clears throat> bad or patches of play where he played really really bad and I think Sasha is playing very solid, and I'm not sure he can afford that against Sasha no. at this tournament. But don't you think that he won't do that? I think he knows that he could be a little bit patchy against Hubi just because Hubi's a great player, don't get me wrong. But he knows that Hubi also gets a little tight. Yeah. He's not, you know, not a, quite as solid from the back of the court, all the things, right? And Hubi also has an amazing serve. But I think that he'll be switched on for this match because mm. he knows exactly what he's going to get. To me, it was hilarious yesterday. It looked like Zverev when he was playing the match towards the end. It looked like he was the guy that, like, they forgot to when you went out to the desert for a walk or you went up. Like, you mean a, Medvedev? Medvedev. Yeah. When you went up for a walk up the mountains, you went for a hike, you know, and you're like, hey, man, where did, hey, where did Zverev go? I mean, where did Medvedev go? And you're like, I, I don't know. Weren't you supposed to bring him with? Wait. Oh, my God, we've lost him. And then five days later, he comes walking out of the <laughs> desert like, He's like sunburned. His face is like got third degree burns on it. His hair is all over the place. He's like, guys, you left me out there. I swear in the fifth set, that's what he looked like. It was the, no hat, clearly no sunscreen. He's going to have like third degree burns on his nose and the side of his face. He just cracks me up, <laughs> cracks me up. 1 size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously pulling for him to win that semifinal. Well, and um, he did, I thought at the US Open, he did a similar thing. We don't know yet. But at the US Open, he looked pa really patchy mm -hmm. in his, all his matches, always had stretches of matches, well, always had stretches of play where he looked really, really bad. And when Medvedev looks bad, he looks terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then he played the match of the tournament, in my opinion, against Carlos Alcaraz, because Carlos was playing well. Yeah. And Medvedev really <clears throat> went out of his comfort zone, came Chopped to him. the net, played aggressive and deserved to win that match, was so, so good in, in that semifinal. And maybe he will do the same against Sasha, Sasha uh, in two days. Yes, in two days. Yeah. So tomorrow we are recording a day later. So tomorrow they will yeah. play. Yeah. Uh, but again, Zverev looking more solid than ever. And he's he's doing well. He he plays well in Australia. Yeah, and you know, he's he's uh, under investigation still. So he's going to keep playing well. <laughs> he's got to pay those bills. Um, anyway, uh, let's get to the cheeky babies. Um, Yastremska looked great yesterday yes. against Noskova. You I mean, that match, Noskova right? was definitely a little bit off yesterday. Certainly didn't play as enough, uh, you know, um, well. But also, you have to think that poor old Noskova. You know, she gets that great win over Iga, <clears throat> goes out against um, 
Who'd she play? I keep on blanking. Elena Svitolina. Oh, Svitolina, thank you, God. Um, goes out against Svitolina and gets the default, essentially, mm. at three love. Mm. You know, a lot of us would be like, oh, great, you know, don't yeah. have to play a long taxing match. But actually, I think that hurt her. I said the same thing. <clears throat> it's so interesting that you say that because I was She looked sitting... rough as guts in the first Well, bit I of the said match. the same thing and I was sitting with Radek Stepanek. Um, I had lunch with him who was playing the doubles legends. And his dad discovered Noskova. I didn't know, but oh. he, they are from the same same um, town in Czech Republic. And his dad discovered her basically and was her coach. And Radek told me, no, it's the best thing that happened to her. Because I said exactly the same thing. And he said she had a billion phone calls, a billion messages. She didn't sleep one minute after that win against Iga Shiontek. And she was just like, a bird on, on electricity, basically. And he thought that it would have been really, really a big challenge for her to beat Svitolina that day, unless Svitolina had somehow I, I either self-destructed or gotten injured. But he <clears> said <throat> that the day and a half after she beat Iga were really rough in a great way, but so much energy wasted on just being excited and answering And her she's phone. 19. And she's so nice. And she's 19. And I have to say, in terms of matchup, the big hitters hate to play big hitters. Yeah, that's like, for example, Camilla Georgie, the player she loses to, are you would think are somebody who plays, you know, the Vinci's gets, of gets the her, world, yeah, gets the, a lot uh, of Paulinis. But actually, she loses to the Pliskovas, she loses to the Rybakinas, she loses to the Sabalenkas. Now she's not at her top form. Georgie is. But when she was playing her really great matches, she would always lose to Carolina. She would always lose to the big hitters. And big hitters, the reason they hit big is they don't want to be running around and they don't want to be dictated at. They want to dictate. And you could see Yastrzemska hits the ball almost bigger than Noskova. Oh, my God. No, not almost. A hundred percent more. (laughs) It was like she was like seven miles an hour harder, at least with her ground stroke speed. And Noskova hits the ball big. And Mm. Yastrzemska is just pummeling the shit out of the ball. I mean, Especially this is a girl that's come through qualifying right? and battled in qualies. Mm. Like, won every match in qualifying in three sets. Mm. She also was 93 in the world. Yeah. So she technically should was have been it, yeah. in the main draw. Yeah. But because of all the special rankings, oh. like Angie Kerber, mm. um, Naomi Osaka. <clears throat> Naomi Osaka. Well, Naomi got a wild card, didn't she? I don't know. I don't know, but there were definitely some people in the draw with special rankings. Mm. So it would have been interesting to see without those special rankings, people getting in, mm. would she have got in into the main draw mm. on her own? Right. And where would she be if she hadn't played qualies in some respects? Because she's the type of player that if she plays a lot of matches, now she's seeing the ball really well and she's not overplaying and not overhitting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she still overhits sometimes, but mm-hmm. you know, she's, that's her game. But a little more structured. <clears throat> a little more structure. And also being tired, I think helps players like that because yeah. they don't want to run around. Yeah. They go for it, yeah. and they're and they're seeing the ball so big yeah, that's that a good point. it's it's she's going to be. I'm telling you, she's not going to be a rollover. I mean, she's two <clears throat> wins away from pulling a Raducanu. And I said that will never, ever, ever happen again. And I cannot believe that I could be completely <laughs> and utterly wrong. She's got to win two matches, and she can do it. She can do it. She, she plays has the well game because she has the game. She can hit anybody. And, and she has the hutzpah. She has yes. the hutzpah. Her serve is a little bit un. The only thing with her service, she can hit it really well. Yeah. But there are patches where she where doesn't. She double falls because also. her technique is not great. And I just want to say something on Noskova. We know that she was a part of the Melanie Malator um, little group. So maybe when she met, uh, left Stefan, um, uh, um, Stepanek's dad, she went to Melanie Molitor, who completely fucked her game up because her serve is woeful because Melanie Molitor does not 
teach good technique on the surf in particular. The groundies are one thing, but on the surf, she believes that, you know, girls can't hit kick serves and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of Czech coaches and she is, first of all, she's brutal on these players. And apparently Noskova like bailed out of that training camp because she was just like, it was too much. Um, but also the technique that she has now, you know, implemented into Noskova's game is what hurts her because her yeah. elbow could not be any lower on her serve. So mm. I know that's a work in progress for her current coaches. Um, but, uh, geez, I tell you what, that's the one thing about uh, Melanie Molodol. She's got to just realise that the worst part of her daughter's game was her surf. Yeah. So don't teach a surf. Yeah. Um, and she teaches well, and the same serve to everybody, yeah. like Bencic, Noskova. It's fucking and so Bencic got, bad. I think she improved it quite well. But the uh, the thing with Noskova is that in the when she played Iga, she played at night. I think the roof was closed. It's definitely easier to serve at night than Rod Laver Arena. The breeze settles down. And she's checked. They love indoors. Yes, exactly. It feels a bit more indoors. Yeah. And then even if your surf has maybe a, a little bit of a glitch in the technique, even I could surf indoors, you know, yeah, and yeah. I had a terrible surf. <laughs> but yeah. then oh, with no, the I sun, mean... with the wind, with the heat, it, that's when, when things can, can go off. And yes, Shemska was the better player yesterday. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And the way she served it out yeah, was served... really impressive. And a little good thing that she did before the um, serving out of the game she took out a note you know obviously all players we write down like you know all the things that we want to remember under stress whether it be you know take your time before the serve make sure you go for your inside out forehand whatever it is it's all written there or maybe there's a game plan specifically mm -hmm. in there for the person you're playing so I thought it was great that she sat down and didn't rely on looking at her coach and her mom and like thinking about everything she got the piece of paper out read the piece of paper walked down that end and served a brilliant game mm -hmm. and executed yes. really well. And so I think it's because she had that very clear clear game plan. She read her. Unlike somebody else. Unlike Alcaraz. He should have had a bloody piece of paper in front of him last night saying, no, just no, no. hit it to the forehand. No, no. He should have had a book that just repeated over yeah. and over again. It's over like what again. you do when you used to get in trouble at school. I will not talk in class. Exactly, I will exactly. not talk like in Bart class. Simpson. Yeah, it would, should have just been... You have to play to his forehand. You have to play to his forehand. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's not get into that again. So, Jostrenska is through, and the evening match was Kalinskaya against uh, Chinwen Zheng, and what a what an interesting match that was. I think the thing that we loved about that match more than anything was how well-behaved they both were. Both. Unbelievable. <clears throat> we were talking about it in the booth, so I called it for Worldfield. You called it for ESPN. And uh, we kept talking about... When Chin Wen lost the first set, how calm she looked on the on the bench. She didn't panically look up at her coach. She just like closed her eyes, tried to find a way to to win this match. And the same on the other side. In the end, mm -hmm. Anna got I think very tired. She had played a lot of tennis, yeah. and you could see she had her um, hip. hip or thigh was bothering her a little bit. That's when she started to get a bit flustered about the birds and yeah. the seagulls and yeah, I'm stuff. I'm like, girlfriend, <laughs> yeah. that ain't, they ain't going away. Yes. <laughs> that was like at the very end when she was down 1-4 and Chinwen was playing so well that it felt like, because they were really close and level and all of a sudden the paths just divided and Anna got slightly worse, slightly dropped her level and Chinwen just raised on a completely different standard and it was really mesmerizing to see how she came back. From from and honestly, the most pressure in that top half is on Chin Wen, and she's For only sure. twenty one years old. And I said it in the booth too. We think of her as this experienced player who is going to make the final. Of course, why wouldn't she? She's so talented. 
last year at the US Open was her first quarterfinal. Yeah. This is three months ago. Yeah. Girlfriend has not played that many quarterfinals and second weeks of, of Grand Slam tournaments. So she needs to um, find that experience too. And she handled it brilliantly. We know her game, how much damage it can do, but how she handled the situation of being the highest seed left in the top half with only her second Grand Slam quarterfinal. Yeah. Chapeau, man. I was so impressed. I thought she served really well in the end. Um, you know, and everyone could sort of critiques this funky service motion, but I, I was saying last night, and I'm the first to critique a service motion if I think it's shit, but, um, you know, the ball toss is a little funky. She has the hitch on that, and then the arm gets a little bit weird. But when it gets into, like, sort of midway through the serve, it's a really, really good serve. Like, trophy position mm -hmm. with the elbow is high. You guys all know how I feel about the elbow. Noskoba. Um but I think she gets the elbow up high, which allows her to go to pronate, to go to the back end, or to slide it big down the tee. And she hits some big serves in the end in the third set. Yeah. And also, for those at home, the reason why she hit like four or five incredibly difficult bounce smashes or smashes out of the air, mm -hmm. her overhead is fantastic very because good. she doesn't have to worry about the ball toss. Mm. And her technique is very good. Mm. The elbow is high. She can, And she didn't hesitate for one millisecond in mm. hitting an overhead and we know petco a lot of chicks <laughs> don't necessarily <laughs> under pressure volley, yeah. like to hit an overhead they'd rather hit a drive volley and not this one she just puts that racket up there and just smashes it just like yeah. serena like give it to me and i'm going to hit it and i'm going to make it 99 percent of the time and she did that beautifully last night but her composure mm -hmm. her ability to not overplay i yeah. think that's the one thing because she's still young she has so much power mm. that sometimes she pulls the trigger a little bit early. And mm. I said it in the coverage yesterday. She has to learn yellow light. Like mm. she has green light, red light. Mm. Like, and she has to find the middle ground, which so does Yastremska. And Yastremska mm -hmm. did that really well yesterday too, mm. under pressure. You don't always have to red line every single shot. You know, in tennis, there is the there is the orange light, stay with the point, green light, go. Mm. Right? And she has when she she started to do that really well in the third set mm -hmm. and the end of the in the tiebreak in the second set, um, oh sorry in the second set towards the end, she was really controlled with when to go for it, and then Kellen Sky on the other hand got a little bit frustrated because she wasn't getting the errors and she wasn't getting those short balls, and I just thought Chin Wen the way she closed that out yesterday was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it was, and just one thing on the second serve, she does tend to serve always the slice yeah. that goes either into the body or into the forehand. I think that's why she serves a lot of double faults. She's the uh, woman remaining in the field that has served the most double faults, also the most most aces. aces yeah. So, um, and I think that's the reason she's struggling against Sabalenka and these big forehand players, yeah. because if she... They know it's coming. They're Zabalenka ready. is waiting there already with yep. the full swing to to take a to take a full hit at it. Yep. And I think if she can incorporate a kick, especially on clay, man, she will be very very hard to beat. She just got to get the ball toss back a little bit on the second serve. It's really far ahead of her on the first serve, and then still far ahead of her on the second serve. Um, if she gets the ball toss back just ever so slightly, and then gets that that pronation and that kick. Um, then she'll be fine because she has the motion, which mm -hmm. is really important yeah, yeah, to be yeah. able to hit the kick serve. She's just got to get her toss back, which I know her coach, Pereba, is going to probably work on. I mean, the dude 
he grew up on clay, so he mm. knows exactly how to hit a kick serve. So I'm sure he's going to implement that into a game. And, and I'm excited for him. Me too. And he, Sana, we interviewed him just before the match when he was in the box. And he, I asked him, what um, did you work? Is there something in specific that you worked on in the offseason? And he was like, oh, um, actually, uh, the forehand, uh, the backhand, uh, the serve, um, the pro and I was like, like oh, he still sees so much upside to her game. There are still so many oh things God, he's working is. on. And there is. And rightfully so. And there wasn't like one thing that is still missing in the repertoire. He was like, basically... Everything. And he said, she's still so young. There's still so much. I, I don't even know where to begin. So look at her. She's in the semifinals. She's the highest seed left in the top half. She has a very good chance to get into the final. And there are still so many things that her coach wants to improve and is excited about. And we're excited. I just wanted to say one or a couple of sentences about Anna Kalinskaya. She played all tournament long and all Australian trip long because she played in Adelaide. She played in Brisbane and won a couple of matches everywhere. She played much better than her ranking. She's ranked 75 right now. She will rank, be ranked in the top 50, close to a seated position, 38, I think. Good, yeah. And I think that's much more her ranking. We saw it yesterday. The first set and a half was really, really high oh, she's quality. She's so good. She's so she good. The ball well. striking. The serve is good. Yeah. I talked to Patricia Tarabini, her coach. Um, you know, one thing they wanted to work on the serve in particular was to just, I was like, well, what are you working on? The serve, she goes, taking her time. That's it. Nothing technical. Just take her time. And she does tend to get a little bit pissy pants. Not pissy pants, but when things go wrong, she starts rushing. Mm -hmm. So take the time on the serve. If she's looking for the forehand, she said she's really confident, and she was she was fantastic last night. She just ran out of gas, I think, in the, in the in the third, and just Kinwen Chinwen started to get a little bit more shape on the forehand, mm -hmm. which pushes her opponents back, and then she can attack on both the forehand. Yeah, and, and we back. had a we had a really interesting stat in the throughout the tournament. Chinwen has hit sixty four percent of the rally shots with the forehand, and yesterday in the first set, yes, she was not. she was under she was forty six percent. Yeah, and. Which also speaks to the game plan of Anna Kalinskaya. She yeah. somehow managed to have Chin Wen just hit backhands. And yeah. her backhand is great, but you just don't get that same angle. And especially her well, backhand you... is flat. Yes. And Anna Kalinskaya, she likes that flat shot. And then in the second set, she managed to go around a bit more, take more forehands from the center of the court. And it really turned the whole match around. And uh, and especially what you just mentioned with the shape, that's the ball that Anna Kalinskaya doesn't like as much. And um, and she missed a few more shots, and all of a sudden we win the third set. It was the one thing that Mary Jo said uh, as well. She just got to start looking. Mary Jo, who was doing the match mm -hmm. with Eddie Spence, said she's got to start looking for the forehand. I don't know why yeah. she's not. Because also the shape of her forehand is what gives so many women on the WTA so many problems. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there's only a few players that play with that shape and that spin. And they all love the flat ball. Mm -hmm. But the toppy ball is a little bit more it's a little bit more difficult to, to, to control, mm -hmm. when, especially when you get a bit yeah. nervous. So um, overall, <clears throat> uh, Chinwen now against Jastremska. I don't think this is any given that Chinwen is going to win this match because Jastremska at yes, her very best. I agree with you. Who was once 21 in the world. And just a little thing on Kalinskaya, she was also going up in the rankings last year and then had that awful period of time where she had a had a hamstring injury she mm. missed i believe the french open and wimbledon so mm. she's going to make up shitloads of yes, points yes. at those tournaments so i suspect that she can be in the top 30, top 30 by the yeah. end of the year and i want to give a little shout out to her coach patricia patricia tarabini who's been with her for over four years now yeah. they have gone through the ups the downs the can i do this can i not and patricia's just supported her she's like a daughter to her they train together in miami it's a great relationship coach um player relationship 
super happy for Patricia that she's put in all this time and effort with mm. um, Anna and they both are now reaping some benefits of mm. it. And uh, Anna's a really lovely girl. Yeah. Um, you know, it would have been interesting for her though because her, you know, she, the flag is gone from her because she's under the Russian flag, but her mom is Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Yeah. So I bet you that's a very strange dynamic for her to deal mm. with um, at home and certainly on the tour with the Ukrainian players. I, I, I was almost like interested to see her play against Jostramska to yeah. see how she'd handle that. Mm. But uh, anyway. Well, All right, guys. just uh, one, maybe one word on the Jostramska Chinwen um, matchup. I'm interested to see how Diana will react to that loopy forehand of, of Chinwen. I almost think that it will be okay for her because she she's can set up. Yes. And she has so much power. And if she has the time to set up and swing through it, that might be. And then she has the flat ball into Chin Wen's forehand where she can be sometimes a little late. It's going to be a really interesting matchup. It's one of them is going to be, well, they're both into their first semifinal of a mm -hmm. Grand Slam, which is already in and of itself, as you know, Petco, a daunting feeling when you walk on the court as you did at the French Open where you're like, oh, my God, I'm in the semifinal. Holy shit. Um, so they're both going to feel a little weird, but it's good that one is going through it as is the other. So it'll be interesting to see how who handles that situation better. Of course, Coco and Sabalenka are also today. I think that Sabalenka wins this match comfortably, comfortably if she plays like she's been playing mm -hmm. this tournament and Coco's been playing this tournament because Coco has not been at her best. Will she bring her best today? I'm sure she will, knowing that she has to, and she is not the favorite in this match. And it's the first time she hasn't been the favorite playing a match. And I think she's going to feel less stress, Coco. And I think Sabalenka is clearly going to feel some pressure because she knows she is. Oh, my God, this draw is so open for mm. someone like her. And she tends to get a little bit crazy yeah. when that happens. That happened at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. It happened last year. Like, she can get a little bit nutso when she's like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to win this now. And if she doesn't and comes out and plays like she has this whole tournament, I'm just going to tip my hat and go, girlfriend, you know how to dominate matches and in tournaments. And I really, now. really think, exactly. I really think if she manages to defend this title mm -hmm. with the draw being open after everything that has happened last year where she was up a set and a break in almost every single Grand Slam tournament, I think she will unlock another level in her head. And I think we can see somebody very, very dominant yeah. on all surfaces in all Grand Slam tournaments with Iga being her biggest rival, especially on the clay courts, on clay. and Rebecca on the grass courts. It's uh, it's going to be great. Uh, we look forward to it. Of course, uh, the two women's semifinals are tonight, so we'll give you the wrap-up I have to tomorrow. go again. I'm again tomorrow. late. I'm She's again also late. late. Patko's got to play another match today because her match got suspended <laughs> yesterday because the court was uh, shit. It was bubbles. bubbles. There was bubbles on the court. But yeah. anyway, all right, guys, we appreciate you hanging with us. Um, we appreciate you all around the world. I know there's a lot of you everywhere, and we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. All right, kids, we're going to say not again. Good night, because it's the Morgan. We're going to say cheers. Cheers. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 